of the Pyramid Club in Philadelphia here. And thank you to my producer, Vince Quinn, and SBX Promotions, or Productions, I should say, and the Pyramid Club for this opportunity. The inspiration for this book is my first guest. And my first guest is Luann Kahn. And a number of the people that would be seeing this probably already know her, but I will give her an introduction nonetheless. So you know her as an investigative reporter, an Emmy-winning one. I'm not sure if you know that she is a motivational speaker. She's an author of I Dare Me, where how I reboot it and recharge my life by doing something new every day. And I'll get to that in a moment. And she's also a uh, cancer survivor, which was part of her story in daring herself to move forward and do something new. And currently, I think this is correct, you're the Director of Career Services for Temple University, Klein College of Media and Communications. It's a lot. It's a lot. Welcome. It barely compares to what you're doing, dude. <laughs> no, I don't have all those things behind me. You have lots of things behind you. <laughs> and so it is a pleasure to be with you. And I'm honored to be your first podcast host. It's so great. if I can explain briefly, and then I will shut up and sure. ask you the questions. I found myself in a room in December 5th, 2019, where you stood in front of 100 and so people and dared the room to do something new. And I just happened to be that day lucky enough to be dared. Uh And I was inspired and I wrote it down and it gave me my own journey. And I went on 2020 to my leap year of first where I did something every day for the first time in my life. And it's become a quite a journey and I pursue them to this day. And I thank you for that. You are so welcome and I'm so glad I, if I played any role in this, that being a spark for you, you know, as we were saying, you, I feel like you're an adventurous person to begin with. And you came in with an open mind and a point where you were ready for something. And you know, little did I know though, yeah, the journey. Yeah. And you went on quite an amazing one your own year of first. I mean, you've astounded me with the things you've done, not to mention that you went on this journey of first during the pandemic, you know, having to pull your company through, um, all your employees. You uh, asked me at one point, uh, Mm -hmm. how did those first affect you? And I'd like Mm -hmm. to share, it gave me momentum, a different attitude. So I looked at those challenges as not woe is me it's like oh that's a first and it gave me a different mindset that you instilled in me by doing those firsts by daring me well you were truly open to that challenge to the dare and i'm going to be honest with you when you came up to me after i talked about doing 365 first and the polar bear plunge and and zip lining across crocodile infested lakes and eating scorpions and all this crazy stuff. I love stuff. the eating scorpion one. Yeah. He ate a scorpion. I have not done that yet. And, and, you know, a lot of people in the audience went, oh, that's really interesting. And you came up and said, I'm doing that. 
I'm going to do my own 365 person. I said, well, that's really nice, Baldwin. <laughs> let, let me know. Because I've heard that before. I'm sure you have. But you did it. And you didn't just do it. I mean, you did it in a big way. You know, you know everything from sleeping on the street with the homeless. Well, you know how that, you inspired that. Oh. Do you remember your Rittenhouse Square story? Yes. You yes. told that in front of the group and you got emotional. Yeah. Telling that story. Yeah. Talking to strangers, having a life conversation. But with a I, homeless person. Well, you know, the truth, I don't even know for sure right, what his circumstances right. were. But sleeping, spending the night on the streets of Philadelphia, that is a whole different. It, it gives you great problem. appreciation and gratitude Yeah. for what you have. Yeah, it really does. But I think... What we both know, the life lesson of doing first-time experiences is that we, you know, we, we should never stop growing. We should never stop learning that we live our best lives when we are pushing outside our comfort zone and we're trying new things and that we get stuck. Yep. And I think you might have been feeling a little yep. stuck. Not stuck. You weren't unhappy, I no, don't think. No, But you were like, what, what's next? What, what, what comes, I've done so much, what comes next? And sometimes we don't know what should come next. And that's why this, this vast 365 <laughs> menu of whatever is Crazy new, stuff. that's what you should do. Yes. Some things big, some things small. Very small. Yep. You know, like, the day you walked in your wife's heels, you know? <laughs> I wanted to... That I was always gets a laugh. I was curious about... I can't imagine walking in heels all day. You know? I don't know how you do it. It really is... It gave me a great appreciation for that. Yes, you have empathy now. I have empathy. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that you gave that a try. So, we're going to go to this theme of trophy moments. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, what was your trophy moment? I'm going to go in your past. Was it your first award that you got in grade school, a certificate? Was it you're an Emmy award-winning journalist? Was it your first Emmy, your last Emmy? What was it? Well, you mentioned that I am a cancer survivor, and I am a two-time cancer survivor. And I was thinking of you today because, of course, you have a trophy business. Yes. Right? And um, I recently broke the trophy that is most dear to me, which is, and I have won a, a number of Emmys um, and awards for reporting, but one means the most. And it's from 1991. Uh, I was awarded an Emmy for Outstanding Documentary Program, Breast Cancer, My Personal Story. This is an, one of the oldest Emmys I have. Uh, it's not your first Emmy. Or is it? If it wasn't my first, it was my second. Okay. But the one that's most important to me, because when I was 35, um, with no breast cancer in my family, I felt a lump, and I went to a doctor who told me I had a negative, negative mammogram, and there was nothing wrong with me. And so I walked around with this thing for six months. Oh, I didn't know this story. And, yeah. Until this thing kept growing. And I finally got back to a breast surgeon who diagnosed me with an aggressive breast cancer. Oh. 
And you can imagine, I can't imagine. I'm a, I'm a young mom, no breast cancer in my family, 35 years old. How old was your daughter? Uh, so she was five. Oh, I terrified, of course. Um, I had a mastectomy. I had chemotherapy. I had reconstruction. Um, but. And you took your viewers on this yes. journey with you. And the reason I decided to do that was quite honestly, when I was diagnosed, I didn't know if I would make it. You know, they were just learning about young women with breast cancer back then. And mammography was not what it is today. And at the time, there were reports that young women were dying of breast cancer who had negative mammograms. And I thought, you know what? I am going to scream bloody murder about this. You had a platform. I I had a platform. I, I had to convince the station to actually let me do this because... Women didn't talk about breast cancer then. It was bef- like this. It was before all the pink ribbons and all right, the marches right. and everything. And, you know, I remember my bosses saying, you really shouldn't talk about this. You know, you'll, if you, they didn't say if you survive, but I know everyone was thinking this. If you survive, they'll always look at you as the breast cancer reporter. And I said, I don't, I don't care. I, you know, I was so angry that, you know, I was told that I was fine, even though I felt a lump, that I felt like I had to you warn knew. every woman out there that if you feel something Don't think that you're crazy. and you have a negative mammogram, you've got to pursue this. So You've got to be your own advocate. Yes. So we went big with this, and it was a week-long um, series following my journey and the journey of other women with breast cancer. We did mammographies, free mammographies, um, all over the city. Um, I'm so proud of the awareness that we brought to breast cancer at the time. And then I got an Emmy for it. And you know, the real reward and the trophy moment was the thousands of letters you, you have to, you know, before cell phones, before mm-hmm. email, have suitcases full of letters. Do you still have them? Yeah. From really? women who wrote to say, I never had a mammogram, but you inspired me. Or I had a mammogram and they found a lump, but I'm going to be okay. I wouldn't have found it. You know, husbands saying, I, I watched your series and I, I made sure my wife went to get a mammogram. And I know that we saved lives. And I was just 35, and I, I realized right then a number of lessons. One, just the power of a personal story that helps others, educates others, inspires others. Um, and, and second, that life, obviously, is too short to be wasted. And I learned it, that at a very young age. And in fact, 10 years after breast cancer, I got kidney cancer. So I did not know that. Yeah. I knew about the breast so, cancer. Yeah. Two-time cancer survivor. So again and again, life was giving me this message that you better live it full out. You know, and if you're stuck, 
you better find a way to fix this because no day, you can't take the day for granted. We don't know what tomorrow brings. And I feel like, um, strangely, that was the gift of breast cancer to me and and the trials and tribulations. So where did you receive this? So um, this is... And did everybody see this? Yeah, this is an Emmy from NATIS, the national... Oh, now, now NATIS, the National That's Association Academy of, Tele- Academy of, of Tele- Television. Arts and, okay, and Sciences. Thank goodness. It's on the top. Yeah, I should know that, right? <laughs> um, and um, I love that you've got this beautiful tape that's holding this it together. Tape. <laughs> See, and I knew like when you came into my life, Keith, I'm like, hey, could you fix an Emmy? And you said, well, you know, if you get it to me, probably can do something with it. And friends of mine said, you know, you can just reorder and get a new you can, Emmy. But it's not the it's one not that you received. The yes. Emmy, right? It's not the Emmy. So this was truly, I would say maybe the most important life-altering because it represents a lot more than the recognition it represents the passion what you did and the message that you created it represents i would imagine those letters that you have after all those years right from all those different people that you affected right and look you know winning the emmy was nice Surviving is better, yeah. <laughs> right? Surviving is better, but also knowing that you help others, yep. which I know that you and I, this is where we agree, complete, we agree on a lot of things, but this is where you have dedicated yourself as well to helping others around you, whether it's your employees or your friends or your family or, your, you know, other business owners in everything you do. Enough about me. You no, are trying I, I'm, I'm to lift you other up, people up. And so that's why, of course, well, I have to say this because that's why I adore you <laughs> and all that you do and why you say, you say, come be the first podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I am there. Dude, I so am it's here. a perfect segue into the first. Okay. So when I first started down my journey after meeting you, and committing to you that I was going to do my year of first. Yes. I came home, and I've got a younger sister, and I told her what I was doing, these first. And she looked at me, and I told her some of the things, and I borrowed some, stole some of your first, and I had some of my own first that I wanted to do that I was curious about. And she said to me, are you dying? Uh, right. Because that's, that sounds cray-cray. Well, it's what, oh. what, when people are diagnosed with a terminal disease, right. what do they do? Bucket list. Bingo. Mm-hmm. They do things that they've always wanted to do. Yeah. So you have allowed me to live life like I'm dying. Unfortunately, I do not have a terminal disease as I stand here. I yes. haven't been diagnosed and I hopefully don't have one. But you have allowed me to live life like I'm dying. And I try to communicate that to others. And I know that that's what you do. So now I'm going to turn it on you. Mm, this is the hard part. Yeah. So the first part was trophy moment, which was amazing the amount of people that some of that story i knew some of the story i did not know and thank you for sharing sure so what's a first and you've done so many firsts you inspired me you wrote a book about them what is the first that you still want to do i think a lot of it involves travel now 
you know, to see parts of the world. And I've been really lucky as a reporter. I was I'm sent sure you've traveled. to a lot of places, but there are a lot of places I've never been. I want to go to... Your top three. Uh, Australia. I got a lot of A's. Australia, Alaska. Uh, there was um, I really want... Uh, I just came back from Spain, so that checked one off. Barcelona. I went to Barcelona, Madrid. Um, so there's another A. I, uh, help us, audience. What's another A? could be Antarctica. Oh, Antarctica. Argentina. I don't know. Um, but Australia came to mind Australia. First. I really want to go to Australia. I've not been to Asia. Oh, man, that was it. Okay. I haven't been to Asia. I haven't been to that part of the world at all. So when, um, are, you, when are you doing it? Well, I, I want you to write it down and commit no. to me. <laughs> well, I, I will like tell you, you had, like you so had I me tell do you. that day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, all right. Aust- what do we got? <laughs> Australia, Asia, and Alaska. Okay. Um, Asia, Alaska, the A's, the A list. Okay. Australia is on my list. I've been to Alaska. Well, when you plan your group to Australia, count me in. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm ready. Plan that trip. Okay. Um, I, the other first is going to be transitioning out of my full-time job, maybe within the year. And this is really hard, you know, and I don't know. I don't know a lot about your career at Temple. Yeah. So I, I, I work a full-time job plus everything else. Your, your, um, your speaking engagements. Right. But I realize now, again, I'm going through another time in my life. You know, I'm 66 and you go, how many years mm-hmm. do you get when you are able, mm-hmm. right? Really able to travel and feel good um, and, and go see all the things, you know, as much as I have a lot of freedom in my job I love and I'm never going to leave Temple I'm always going to teach I'll always be there I'm you know teaching and some professor right but I am ready to step away and do be open to some of the other things um, that I can do ways I can give back how many times have you invited me to hey come to this (laughs) breakfast meeting I'm like ah I can't can't make it because I I got this meeting with it you know I want I'm ready to have more freedom, which is challenging too, because all my life has been very scheduled and tight and we'll running from offline. this I'm, and I'm running from that. I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. My father said to me, I'm trying to uh, heed his advice. He says, do it while you can. Right. He was in Italy on the trip of his lifetime in his 70s when cancer came back, and he couldn't participate in the group going mm-hmm. to the... Coliseum mm-hmm. or the various and he came back and he died so many months after and he said to me before he passed do it while you can to your point and this is and and while we are trying to live fully yep. every day we realize there you know the the job and, and we're very fortunate that we can yes go out there not everyone can nope. Um, but I feel very fortunate that I'm in a position that I could step back now and do more, get more of those first time experiences <laughs> in that I want that I always, always said, well, I got to wait for, you know, this, I got to wait for that. And like you say, um, 
we shouldn't be waiting. My husband is seven years older than me. He's 71. And he's kind of been like, come on, let's go. This is it. So I'm daring the person, the queen of dare, to yeah. get to Australia in the next year. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm game. Like, come May, like, sign me up. You're, you're the yeah. travel dude, right? Okay. Wait. I'm going to work on this for you. I, I am there. I am so there. See, I, I'd go with you. I'd have to talk to my wife. She doesn't want to travel that far in the air. Oh, well, that is, that is another dare because I've traveled to Israel. I've traveled to the Middle East. I think that's the farthest I've gone. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long way to go. Yes. And if you're going to go that far, you want to go for a while. Yes. I'm a good flyer as long as there's no turbulence. (laughs) I'm great. Just like, don't let me know I'm up in the air and I'm, everything's quiet. I'm good. So I'm going to go back a little bit then. Okay. Since we have a little bit of time. Okay. What are you doing now? You said you're teaching. Mm-hmm. What, what do you have? Do you have any speaking engagements? Um, well, it's funny you ask. Tomorrow night, I, I have the opportunity to have a conversation with the woman who's the host of um, Jewish Matchmaker. It's a reality show on Netflix. Okay. And so I've been invited to have a sit-down conversation but you're married. with her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why are they having me do it? But I, you know, because Does your husband they, know that you're doing yes, this show. Yes, yes. Well, we are actually going to have like um, a little matchmaking game there with some with singles. Him? Oh, no, yeah. So you're going to be on. Oh the... no, it's her. Her okay. name is Eliza Ben Shalom, um, and um, she has a really good show. It's very interesting, and so I'm doing that. You know, in front of a couple hundred people tomorrow night, and then we'll see. Um, you know, my toughest and most, the best audiences are my students. Every time I get in front of them, it's a show, man. You know, you got to do a lot to keep their eyeballs on you. What's the course? I sign up at Temple University. What am I signing up for? Well, this semester I'm teaching media performance. Okay. So how to be up in front of the camera, how to, um, how to present yourself, how, how to speak, how, what to do with your hands. Um, you know, everything that you do in front of the camera. So that's a semester of that. And then in the spring I'm teaching, and I always teach the freshman professional development. And I love this course because this is where we really talk about professional behavior, um, resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, interviewing, um, online, in person, uh, how to get an internship, all of those things, but through the lens of someone going into media and communication, right. you know, and because we have, this is a tough industry to get oh, into, sure we start working with them as soon as they get in uh, to college. Um, and I, I think we... Do you help them with internships? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think College at Temple University has one of the best media and communication colleges in the country. Um, How long have you been there? I've been there eight years, really? and many of my colleagues are from the industry, so they're learning from people who've done it. Mark Zumoff, who's just mm-hmm. the voice of the 76ers, is one of our professors. Um, I mean, there's so many folks like him. Do you get you into may have heard of. first or daring them? 
in, in well, your class? You know class? what? I always, you know, it's funny you ask that. It always comes up. It always comes Do they up because research you and they're they know? terrified. No, no, no. But they all, I'm always daring them to do new things, you know, and they're like, I'm afraid to go on the interview. I'm afraid to go to the career fair. And that's when I talk to them about doing new things and how important it is. So I'm constantly pushing them and telling them, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I have done it. So I'm always teaching um, and saying, but I'm doing it too. I do it every day as well. So I really look to inspire them because that's the secret of life, right? Of Aren't being the most willing successful to people, the, the greatest teacher is failure. So right. if you go on that interview, you're scared. You're not, you don't go right. on that interview. You're never going to know how to interview. Right. Even if you bomb. Right. They're afraid. You learn. We're all afraid to fail. Yep. You know, but it's sometimes it's just as simple, you know, I noticed. That's why I thought this daring was just so key to learning. Yeah. Right. Because if you're it not willing you. to take a risk, yes. if you're not willing to fail, um, or maybe feel a little embarrassed or whatever it is, because you don't do it perfectly, then you'll never achieve or do new things. You'll always stay in in your comfort zone. And I point out to students, and it happens every semester, after the second week, all students end up sitting in the same seat in every one of their classrooms. They pick a seat. Yep. And they stay in that seat. They don't move. And I'll I'll challenge them and say, who told you to sit in that seat? (laughs) Nobody. Well, have you been sitting in that seat all semester? Yeah. Why? People don't like change. Because, and then they get mad if someone else comes and sits oh, in there. Like, you're, in my, you're in my seat. Who said that was your seat? This is, I mean, this is what we do in our life. Yeah. We get stuck and comfortable in our little seat, and we don't want to move. And the lessons of daring and doing new things is that when we're so, so comfortable and, and we're not doing things because we're afraid, like, I don't know what that long flight to Australia would be like, right? Yeah, it kind of scares me. But I don't get to Australia unless I go do it. We don't get to experience so much unless we're willing to push beyond those safe boundaries we put around ourselves. And I thank you for allowing me to do a number of those things. I thought about you a lot of times. Like, I, I would have never, ever, ever, ever said yes to stand-up comedy. <laughs> without your inspiration that uh, has got to be the scariest I'm thing i'm not funny i can't remember a joke and in front of people oh my i'm i'm a recovering shy person but i'm what's the worst that can happen i bomb but i learn right what's the worst that can happen yeah. so it was it was like oh well i've never done that before and i said well it's a first okay Yes. It gave me confidence. It gave me the ability to say yes to some of these challenges that you dared me on. And it also teaches you to be flexible, to be, um, to, to ride with what happens. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, yep. we can't control everything. And for those who are not used to dealing with uncertainty or something comes at you, as you did during the pandemic. We had to reinvent everything and yep. reinvent your company and find your employees new jobs. That comes from somebody who was practicing dares and doing new things. You interviewed me. I don't know if you remember this. You came out to my office and yes, interviewed I me do, after the course. fact. And you said to me, 
how did doing first affect you? And I gave you some answers. I learned. It gave me hope. It, um, it got me out of my comfort zone. And then you said to me, it, you, you may learn things later on that you don't even realize. And it hit me. Your voice was in my head where, and it came back to me what my sister said. Live life like you're dying. And that's what you allowed me. Hopefully you allow your readers, the people that are able to see you on stage, your students. I thank you so, so much. Oh, my gosh. It's my pleasure always. I'm so grateful you came to that one day where I'm speaking and that <laughs> we, I'm really we got to meet, you know, and that we can continue this friendship and this sharing of dares. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that is the wrap for our first, my very first podcast trophy.